let's start off with a quote for today's episode, shall we? I was trying to get a deal done with the Devils, and then Columbus called. Most of the day, I hadn't heard from Columbus, and then all of a sudden, they called at like 4 p.m., and I told my agent, I want to go here to try to get this done. This is a spot I want to be right here. In the words of Mr. Johnny Hockey himself, a.k.a. Johnny Goodrow. Well, be careful what you wish for, because your, your ass got beat today. We have a lot to talk about today's episode. Buckle up, everybody. Your Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, and also Devils driver for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. Happy Halloween, everybody. I have a treat for you. No tricks up my sleeve. The New Jersey Devils came out victorious against the Columbus Blue Jackets by a score of 7-1. The Devils have won six of their last seven, and they are currently on a three-game win streak, and they are set to go over to the western part of Canada for a lengthy road trip. So there's a lot to talk about in today's episode. We could talk about the overall chemistry between Jack Hughes and Jesper Bratt. We could talk about the goalie situation once again. Seems like Vitek Vancek has all but earned the starting role for the New Jersey Devils because this is his third straight game of starting and third straight win. So uh, ultimately, Mackenzie Blackwood might be better suited being a backup uh, goalie for the time being, but... I, I still think it's anyone's game at this point because Mackenzie Blackwood was able to put up a good performance not too long ago. It was one of the NHL's three stars of the week. And we can also talk about uh, the overall leadership from Nico Heischer. We could talk about how the Devils had seven different people score. And of those seven people who scored, three of them were defensemen and 13 players were able to rack up at least a point in this one. So this was a great game for New Jersey Devils. And it's just so amazing to see that the New Jersey Devils are first in the Metropolitan Division. Everyone stop the count right now. Well, technically they're tied with the New York Rangers because Rangers were able to muster out a win against the Arizona Coyotes at Mullet Arena, but that is neither here or there. The point is the New Jersey Devils, their start to the season has been fantastic after dropping the first two games of the year in embarrassing fashion to the Flyers and the Red Wings. Seems like the New Jersey Devils have bounced back quite nicely. So let's start with some pregame stuff. So I talked about the Western road trip for New Jersey Devils. One of the players who will not be making that trip is Andre Pilat. So Andre Pilat has been sidelined the last three games due to a lower body injury. Amanda Stein first reported about it. Uh, the day after the New Jersey Devils uh, came out on the losing end against the Washington Capitals, said he wasn't practicing. And now today we kind of get more of an in-depth uh, update as in, so he will not travel with the team on the road trip. Like I just said, the plan is for him to stay back, get reevaluated by doctors and see what the necessary protocol is for him moving forward. So the thing about Andre Pilat is that He's arguably one of our, I'd say, more underrated players. Like, he's someone that you don't really circle when you're going into a matchup, but he's someone who is certainly uh, should not be overlooked because we know what he can bring to the table because the story that I talk about so far for Andre Pilat, my favorite moment 
And, you know, we have Andre Pilat for the next five years. So there's going to be a lot of Andre moments. But so far, my first impression of him was like he's a good leader in the locker room. He certainly could be that glue piece. He's someone who could keep these young guys in check. And it's also worth mentioning, remember when the New Jersey Devils dropped the first two games of the year, who was the person who stepped up his overall game to try to save his head coach because he heard that his head coach was in the hot seat. It was Andre Pilat. So Andre Pilat, it seems like the New Jersey Devils aren't missing him too much because we do have a lot of scores. So we talked about our baby big three, Nico Keisher, Jesper Bratt, Jack Hughes, all of them were able to rack up some sort of offense in today's game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Seems like they're full steam ahead. They got a lot of good momentum heading their way, but Andre Pilat will be missed. I don't know what to think of the injury. I hope it's nothing too drastic or serious, but my buddy, the Brad Pack, recently went to an autograph session in which he got to meet a lot of New Jersey Devils, including Andre Pilat, and he asked Andre, like, how's the injury situation? And he said, take this with a grain of salt, but seems as though Andre Pilat's uh, not too concerned about the injury. He thinks that he's going to be back on the ring sooner rather than later. But like I said, take that with a grain of salt. Not my words. That's the Brat Pack's words because ultimately, guys, it was a autograph meet and greet. So they're probably just trying to keep the vibes up. And, you know, they don't they, they probably just don't want a lot of negativity their way. And that's probably PR trained by the New Jersey Devils, which is don't reveal too much about injury protocols or injury history, especially with the fan base. So Andre Pilat, he's going to be day-to-day for, for the time being, and we're just going to see how the reevaluation goes. But for right now, the New Jersey Devils brought back Andreas Johnson up from Utica. A lot of people were saying, wait, does that mean Alexander Holtz got sent down? I said, no, that just probably means that Andre Pilat is going to be on the injured list longer than we anticipated. I don't anticipate for Andreas Johnson to suit up in a game for New Jersey Devils, but when you're on the road, typically you want a full roster on hand. So Andreas Johnson, he was a healthy scratch for this matchup against the Columbus Blue Jackets. But this kind of transitions into my next talking point. So let's go from one leader to another. Now, I got to give credit when credit is due, and I got to extend an apology to our team captain, Nico Heischer. Now, in the last episode, I talked about how Andre Palat is the true leader of the New Jersey Devils because I said he has been around the block a few times. He's won a couple Stanley Cup finals. He's been in many situations before, and he just brings that overall experience. And like I just preach about, he's a glue piece for New Jersey Devils, but I kind of underestimated the overall leadership for Nico Heischer. That wasn't my intention, and Nico Heischer sure as hell shut me up in this matchup against Columbus Blue Jackets because he was the first star of the game, and while the game was still going on, while there were still a few minutes left in period number three, I put out my respective three stars of the game, and I said, Nico Heischer, he is my MVP for this matchup because he set the bar, and the bar just continued to keep on rising as the game progressed. So, The one thing I say about the overall leader for New Jersey Devils is that you can have multiple leaders and no one knows this team better than Nico Heischer. Now, I'm not sure who said this. It's either Wayne Gretzky or another legendary hockey player. The the overall saying is like, you don't go to where the puck currently is at. You go to where it's going to be. And Nico Heischer and a few other players put that quote in perfect alignment because The New Jersey Devils were just making smart plays out there. Thus, they were able to put their foot on the gas pedal and they were able to just take it to the throats of the Columbus Blue Jackets. And I said in period number one, while the game was still going, I said, I anticipate for this game to be guns blazing for New Jersey Devils, like run and gun and continue to do what you did against the Colorado Avalanche because against a younger, inexperienced team like the Columbus Blue Jackets, I believe they're the second youngest team in the NHL. I don't care that they have Johnny Goodrow. You're going to tire them out with ease and just make them work. And 
the New Jersey Devils were able to maintain that offensive pressure. And that's how the Columbus Blue Jackets, they were just a bunch of chickens with their heads cut off, just running around and not knowing what to do. And it, it's just so sad to see because Merzlinkis, their netminder, he put all the effort that he could potentially put in. Now, I know a lot of people are going to see the scoreboard and say that Merzlinkis basically screwed up for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Not entirely the case, because if you look at the shots on goal differential, 53 to 21 in favor of the New Jersey Devils. So the Devils getting off 53 shots and uh, Merzlinkis letting up seven goals go past him. I'm sure he would like a few back. I'm sure I'm sure some were on his defense, wherever the case might be. That's pretty much to be expected. There was no defense in this game for the Columbus Blue Jackets, and they didn't scare the New Jersey Devils at all. But going back to my main talking point about Nico Heischer, he was the one who set the bar, and he was the one who set the pace for the New Jersey Devils. So I apologize to Nico Heischer for basically underestimating him as an overall leader. Like I said, no one knows his team better than uh, Nico Heischer. I'll give a few examples uh, a little momentarily in the episode, but... Uh, I, I still stand by what I say, which is Andre Pilat is an important voice in the locker room. He is our veteran leader. And it's something that's been missing for New Jersey Devils for a few years. Yes, we had P.K. Subban and we had people of that caliber. But the one thing I would say is that Andre Pilat has been in winning situations before. He's won a few Stanley Cup finals. So I don't take back what I said about Andre Pilat being a leader and being an important leader for the New Jersey Devils. But I do regret how I express myself and I had to uh, just give credit when credit is due and I have to extend my apologies to Nico Heischer. So we'll talk more about the overall game and what I saw from Nico Heischer and a few other notable players as well. But first, I want to bring you guys the first and only library this morning and comes from our friends at BetOnline. So BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting and football and start of the new basketball season, also the World Series. Go Phillies. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest, easy way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Please remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at Locked On Bets for all your betting needs there as well. So let's talk about our great captain. Let's talk about our leader, Nico Heischer, and what I saw in this game. So for the first goal that went to Fabian Zetterlin, yes, Fabian Zetterlin got off a great shot. He's been searching for that, and his his celly just showed the true emotion of just saying, Finally, I got one to go into the back of the net because Fabian Zetterlin has always been close. A couple games ago, he just had really bad luck. I believe that was against the Detroit Red Wings, but now he was finally to execute and muster up a goal. But let's talk about the setup by Nico Heischer. So originally, Fabian Zetterlin was looking for the shot. He saw it wasn't there, so he passed it over to Nico Heischer. Heischer took it below the cage into the trapezoid area, and he saw that a lot of people were following him because all the attention is going to be on Nico Heischer because he's one of our star players. But he saw a wide-open Fabian Zetterlin, and Zetterlin was able to get a shot off, and it was beautiful, pinpoint located perfectly by the captain, Nico Heischer. So while that goal was great for Fabian Zetterlin, I believe the assist was definitely what took the cake for me, just uh, Nico Heischer facilitating like that and just passing it over to where his teammate is supposed to be. And it goes back to that quote when I said, about how you don't go to where the puck is, you go to um, where it's supposed to be. And the same can be said for your teammates. You don't pass it to your teammate per se, you pass it to where your teammate is supposed to be. 
That's why you practice this. And Nico Keisher, he passed it to where Fabian Zetterlund was supposed to be, and it panned out beautifully. And at that moment, I just knew that the New Jersey Devils were going to win this game because prior to that, once again, the New Jersey Devils had all the pressure on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Unfortunately, they just had a lot of bad luck. Tweeted out early on in the game saying that Merzlinkis just looked like a Vesna caliber goalie, and now the scoreboard definitely does not do him justice. So Merzlinkis was actually very good in the beginning of the game for for the Columbus Blue Jackets. And as the game progressed, poor old Elvis, he got hurt at one point. Trainers had to check up on him. He gave it all for the Columbus Blue Jackets, and they were unable to help him out in that regards. And let's talk about another play for Nico Heischer. So you might think that I'm going to talk about uh, his goal, but I'm not really going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about John Marino's goal, because even though it was unassisted, that play does not happen if Nico Heischer isn't putting pressure, once again, on the defensive side of things for a New Jersey Devils. So what happened? The Columbus Blue Jackets were taking up on the near side. Nico Heischer was able to just bother them a little bit. They're forced to pass it off, and it goes off a Blue Jacket stick, which is why Nico Heischer wasn't credited with the assist. But John Marino was basically tracking it, tracking it, tracking it, and he was able to swipe the puck away, and he was able to get a clean goal off, and it went right past Merzlinkis once again. So... Even though that uh, that goal by Marino was unassisted and great job by John Marino for scoring, that play does not happen without Nico Heischer being a pest in the defensive side of things for New Jersey Devils. And if Nico Heischer actually keeps up this style of play going, playing two ways, so he was able to score, he was able to get an assist, he was able to inadvertently assist on one of his teammates' goals, he was also able to play great defense, like I just mentioned, he can quite honestly put his name into the running for the Selkie Award. It's something that I've been preaching about for a long time on the show. But Nico Heischer was creating opportunities for his teammates. And like I said, I can't reiterate this enough. I know a lot of people are going to force me to eat my words. And I'll admit when I'm wrong, I have to give more credit when credit is due to our captain, Nico Heischer, because he certainly uh, was the MVP in my eyes in this game for the Devils. Now, speaking of defense, let's talk about the three defensemen who scored for the New Jersey Devils. So Ryan Graves was able to get a goal. We talked about in the last episode how he was basically yearning to get uh, a goal against the, the Colorado Avalanche, his former team, and he was finally able to find the back of the net for this one. Ryan Graves continues to play aggressively. And who got the assist? Jesper Brett and also Jack Hughes. There was some confusion because uh, originally they said it was John Marino and then Jack Hughes. Then they later changed it to Jesper Bratt and John Marino, but ultimately Jack Hughes and Jesper Bratt were the final people to be credited with the assist on Ryan Graves' goal. But by the way, Jesper Bratt can breathe a sigh of relief, even though he ended up getting a goal later on in the game, because we were all just hoping that Bratt was able to get a uh, some sort of point in this one, whether it was a goal or assist, because he is one game away from tying the record in the Devils organization for uh, a point streak to start a season. So to tie the record is 10, to break it is 11, and it seems like Jesper Bratt is well on pace to do so. He looks great so far. He bet on himself during the course of the offseason, and it's panning out really beautifully for him so far. Hopefully that doesn't jinx anything. Jack Hughes seems to have come back into full fruition because it seems like he's cleaning up his game a little bit. So one of the things I like about Jack Hughes is that he has a lot of skill. He has a lot of talent, but it would just be a little bit better if he just expands on his hockey IQ a little bit more, like play as a quarterback. So read the game, just be smart about it because he's still young. He's still a kid. That's why I sometimes called him the kid last year. He has a lot of skill. He has a lot of talent, 
But once he matures a little bit more, similar to what Nico Heischer is doing or similar to what we saw from Dougie Hamilton during power play situations, Jack Hughes is going to read the game from a new angle and he's going to say, okay, here's how I use my skill to expose the opponent. Because I think early on, Jack Hughes, similar to his team, he was playing with a lot of uncontrolled energy and it seems as though he's controlling it as the games progress. That's to be expected, but I anticipate for Jack Hughes to take it another step. But digressing a little bit, we're still talking about the defenseman. So Ryan Graves was able to get a goal in this game. John Marino, like we talked about, was able to uh, just swipe the puck away, get a goal. John Marino is a smart hockey player. And just a reminder, we traded away Ty Smith for the services of John Marino. Like, that is a steal for Tom Fitzgerald, and it's paying out beautifully for him. So Tom Fitzgerald for getting Ryan Graves, John Marino, very smart hockey players at a very cheap penny and a cheap price, taking advantage of some teams. He needs to take a bow because he got players that were under the radar. Same with Jonas Siegenthaler a couple years ago, too. Just players falling under the radar, players that just aren't being utilized on their teams, basically taking a money ball, if you would, kind of approach to it. I don't know if any of you have seen the movie Moneyball starring Brad Pitt, but basically just finding a lot of misfits out there and just utilizing the skill that they do have from, from a team that desperately needs uh, your skill in order to be successful. And now, speaking of Jonas Siegenthaler, he also made a very smart move on the power plays. So the puck got loose towards the left side of Merzlinkis during a power play situation, and Jonas Siegenthaler was thinking a couple steps ahead because, once again, he went to where the puck was going to be. He saw that the puck was loose. He saw that teams were just trying to bat it in, whether it was the New Jersey Devils trying to bat it behind uh, Merzlinkis or the Columbus Blue Jackets trying to blast it down to the other side of the rink. He just saw the play, and he was like, okay, maybe I should just creep on in just a little bit more, just a little bit more. And he was able to expose Merzlinkis on a weak side, and he got the goal right there. So it's worth mentioning that uh, Jonas Siegenthaler, I don't believe he got his first goal of the season until a little more than halfway done last year. So the fact that he's got it early on in this year, I said one of the goals for Jonas Siegenthaler is that I want to see him develop a little bit more of an offensive game just so he could be more effective. Now, I'm not saying I'm expecting like 15 or 20 goals from him. That's, I'm not trying to be unrealistic here. Could happen, but I don't think it's going to happen. But the one thing I want to see out of uh, Jonas Siegenthaler is something similar to what Ryan Graves did last year. Like, can you give me anywhere from maybe five to 10 goals just so you're a little more... Uh, useful out there. Jonas Siegenthaler is great and all, but that's just my overall goal. And I think that can pan out really well for him. Same with John Marino, John Marino able to get his first of the year. They're great on the defensive side of things and they're very smart hockey players. But the one thing I just want to see out of them is maybe just develop more of an offensive game just so they could take their games to the next level. But that's just me. And they made a couple smart hockey moves this game. That's the story of the game. I can't preach that enough. Obviously, there's a lot to take away in today's matchup, but I, I think the one thing I'm just more impressed about is the overall teamwork from New Jersey Devils because we got contributions from some of our top players like Jesper Bratt, Jack Hughes, Nico Keisher, our baby big three, like I talked about earlier. Uh, Jesper Bratt, I just want to give credit where credit is due. That goal, which gave him his fourth of the season and made it a 6-1 game, 
that assist from Hughes was beautiful. That quick shot from Jesper Bratt right there, that was just poetry in motion. Chef's kiss right there. That was amazing. Or we could talk about the BMW line because Miles Wood was able to get his second of the year. And who got the assist? Bastion and McLeod. So McLeod gets his third assist and Bastion gets his first assist of the season. Bastion was definitely yearning for a goal as well. At some point, he was just trying to jab it on in when uh, Merzlinkis had possession of it, which you know, received some of the um, not so favorable reception from the Columbus Blue Jackets, and rightfully so. You can't touch the goalie, but there's just a lot to take away from today's um, game, and it was um, it was great to see. it. This was beautiful, and also, I say the best for last, Johnny Goodrow. How you liking the Columbus Blue Jackets right now, buddy? Because this was definitely a game that I think a lot of fans had circled on their calendar just because we all know the situation that happened during the course of the offseason between the New Jersey Devils and Johnny Goodrow. Seemed like Goodrow, like I said in the opening uh, of this episode, that seemed like he was leaning towards the New Jersey Devils, but the Columbus Blue Jackets were able to swipe in at the last possible second and steal him from us, and that was obviously very frustrating, and we just wanted to take it to the throat of the Columbus Blue Jackets because I'd say this was certainly just a statement game for New Jersey Devils. Now, Here's the thing, guys. I know Johnny Goodrow signed long term, so this is definitely not going to be the last time that we see Johnny Goodrow in the Columbus Blue Jackets uniform and him going against the New Jersey Devils. And quite honestly, come next year, I don't think anyone's really going to care. But not a good first impression, losing 7-1 to one and basically uh, us not having one of our better players in Andre Palat. So this was... This was definitely amazing. Now, before anyone comes at me, yes, Andre Pilat is one of our best players. I didn't say he's the best. I said he's one of. So I didn't say like he's number one. I said he could be anywhere from five to ten. And you can't deny that Andre Pilat is one of our better players. That's why we signed him to a long-term deal, five years, okay? So don't please don't tweet at me. Please don't comment at me. I said one of, not the best. Now, digressing a little bit. Not a good first impression for Johnny Goodrow, who did nothing, and he got booed in this game. And John Marino was able to score, and the New Jersey Devils Twitter page, for, for the savages they are, because we saw what they had what they had to say to Andrew Berkshire during the course of uh, him just saying, like, oh, yeah, Marty Brodeur is not even a top-five goalie, but digressing a little bit. They are savages, and we they said Johnny Hockey when John Marino scored. So... I think we got the better Johnny, if you ask me. I know he goes by John, but still, he, I'm sure some people call him Johnny. So, hey, we got Johnny Hockey. He's good at hockey. So why not? Let's roll with it. So let's compare the overall stats, and then I'll give you guys my final uh, thoughts. So shots on goal differential, 53 to 21 in favor of the Devils. Face-off percentage, 55% to 45% in favor of the Devils once again. Power play, Devils were 1 for 3. Blue Jackets were 0 for 2. Great job by the New Jersey Devils for limiting the amount of penalties they received because in the last episode I said – Despite them uh, shutting down the Avalanche in their overall power play situation and, you know, the Avalanche being one of the better power plays out there in the NHL, that's still not something you want to do. That You don't want to play devil's advocate. I know they're called the New Jersey Devils for a reason, but I don't think that's for that specific reason. So congratulations for just uh, limiting the damage in that sort of aspect because they didn't get their first penalty until I think midway through the second period, if my memory serves me well. Hits 27 to 13 in favor of the Blue Jackets. Blocks 21 to 12 in favor of the Blue Jackets. You know, it's pretty easy to block a lot of shots when 
the team just gets like 53 shots on goal or just as like shooting willy nilly, or even if it doesn't reach the goalie, it's just like getting redirected. So I think we all know the reason for that, just because the devils sustained more offensive pressure giveaways, blue jackets led in that department four to two. So if I had to rate this game for a new Jersey devils, I, I know a lot of people might uh, come at me for just being this easy, but I'm going to say a plus because they played collectively once again as a team. This was one of the more exciting games so far. It seems like the New Jersey Devils have just stepped up their game, game after game after game. We don't know what to expect, but since the Vancouver Canucks are sixth in the Pacific Division, don't want to jinx anything, but maybe that could be another win that we chalk up. Not trying to say it's a gimme win because the Vancouver Canucks could give us a run for our money and we don't expect it, but I just want to say that I'm very confident going into the game against the Vancouver Canucks. So let me know what you guys think about the New Jersey Devils. Like I said, there was a lot to talk about in today's episode. We could talk about the contract situation for Jesper Bratt. We could talk about Alexander Holtz once again being healthy scratch for the Devils and how I feel they should approach about that. But there's just not enough uh, minutes in this episode to do so. This was a great game for the New Jersey Devils. Once again, coming out with the win, 7-1, first in the Metropolitan Division. I don't care that they're tied with the Rangers. They got their uh, first place position first. So let me know what you guys think. If you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment down below. If you're listening on podcast streaming service, hit me up on my personal Twitter page, at TreyMatt4, or the show's Twitter page, at LockedOnDevils. As for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.